0: The Football Pod on OTB Sports. I I think they'll have too much. I didn't hear a word you said in the last 45 seconds. Well, Breaking news here on The Football Pod. The Football Pod is available every Tuesday exclusively on the OTB Sports app. Hello there, and you're very welcome along to the GA Report. I'm Tommy Rooney from Off The Ball, and over the next hour or so, I'll be bringing you through the opening weekend of the All-Ireland Senior Football and Hurling Championships, with all the results... The sounds and reaction from across the grounds and, in fact, across the water. Yes, that is correct. It is Easter Sunday, April 17th, 2022. You're probably halfway through your second Easter egg listening to this, and already we're into the thick of the championship action. And isn't it just great to have it back? We had Intercounty action today in London, in New York, and all over Ireland this weekend. You are listening to us right now in the OTBGA podcast feed. Do hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on or whatever podcast provider. We'll have you covered with some top quality GA analysis, reaction and interviews every single day. Let's get into the pod and start with the results before we get some reaction and analysis from across the grounds today. So in round one of the Munster Senior Hurling Championship, we saw Waterford beat Tipperary by four points in Walsh Park in what was a superb game of hurling. Waterford 224, Tipperary 220. In Parkey Cueve, Limerick bullied Cork into submission. A 2.25 to one seventeen win for the All-Ireland Champions. In the Connacht Senior Football Championship quarterfinals, there were two fantastic games. Leitrim escaped from London in dramatic fashion by 3.12 to 2.11. That's a win for Andy Moran in his first championship game as manager, and we'll hear from him in a couple of minutes. And in Sligo in New York, in the final game of the day, played out a thrilling tie in New York, With Sligo winning by 4 points, one sixteen to 15 A cracking game of football. It was available to be streamed on GA Go and I hope you did it because it was brilliant stuff. A couple of late frees from Niall Murphy carried Sligo over the the finish line. Leitrim will go on to play the winners of Mayo and Galway next weekend whilst Roscommon will play Sligo in the Connacht semi-final. And yesterday, in the Ulster Senior Football Championship preliminary round, the All Ireland champions Tyrone were in action, and they held off the challenge of Kieran Donnelly's Fermanagh, winning by seven points, two seventeen to two ten. And in round one of the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship yesterday, we saw a Wexford draw with Galway, one nineteen apiece. We're going to be hearing from Henry Shefflin. Dublin just about got past Leash, a one twenty to two fifteen win in Pernell Park. We'll be hearing from the Leash boss Cheddar Plunkett in a little while whilst Kilkenny hammered Westmead by 5.23 to one nineteen. Right, let's go get around the grounds. We're going to hear from Limerick boss John Kiley and Cork manager Kieran Kingston in a second, but first, let's get the full-time report from Jonathan Higgins.
1: Full-time at Parky Cueve, where Limerick have defeated Cork by 2.25 to one seventeen. Limerick led by four points at the interval, aided by first-half goals from Kyle Hayes and Aaron Galan. Cork initially started the second half well, scoring the first four points within three minutes to level the sides for the fifth time. One of those efforts looked certain to be a goal under for a wonderful save by Nicky Quaid. Limerick responded with the next five points in a row, showing all their class in an position of long range point taken. An outrageous King Lynch score while he was kneeling on the floor, earning gasp from the large crowd in attendance. Limerick had 13 different scores on their day, with their work rate and skill proving too much for the Rebels. 11-point lead, with the reigning champions laying down a nearly season marker. Full-time at Parky Cueve, Cork 117, Limerick 225.
0: Kieran, you spoke before about, you know, that sometimes the way you play, you play out from the back, that sometimes you're going to get caught, and that that's just, you just have to accept that and move on. How frustrating was it today, I suppose, particularly for the goal, to see, I suppose, three defenders, I suppose confused really coming out, which led to the goal.
2: Yeah, sure. you, you've answered yourself. Just as disappointing, is as you, you, you Of course it is. Like you're coming up to half time and the match is a draw, uh, and you're in possession, um, and you you you're walking out, and the guy who you left loose is marked by the fellow who's coming out, and the next time, all of a suddenly the ball is turned over to the back in net, and that happens. That happens when you're playing that when you're playing that game, walking it out, um, and that was absolutely. Frustrating, of course it is, no, no, no question about it because, as I say, you're in control of the ball and uh, suddenly you're in control of the game to a degree. Uh, and the game we play, probably we're saying, get a half-time, get into it and, and, and uh, regroup for the second half. There's a couple of points in it either way. Um, you have a chance, you have a chance. But, and even at four points, the game certainly wouldn't be gone. And any game is not gone at four points, in the game of hurling. Um, and we didn't think it was at half-time, I think we showed that. Coming out next time, all of a sudden, this game on again. But it's from that ten minutes into the second half, for the next next fifteen minutes or eighteen minutes or so, we seemed to um, they took over control of the game really, and they, they, like, that's where the game was lost in my view. And that's as I say, in the absence of, of, of obviously looking back at it and getting the uh, getting the full analysis. Yeah, John. I suppose not from inside the
1: camp, but maybe outside the camp during the league form. A lot of noise about where Limerick are at, but uh, I think
3: you show the whole country today we got with a, a fine victory. Yeah, just very pleased with our our approach. You know, um, our attitude was spot on the money. You know, great desire in terms of hunting the ball down, finding our tackles, and you know, generating good turnover ball, and you know, use of the ball generally as well in possession. I think was really really good. Uh, just all all told, just great energy from the group. Our subs coming off the bench in particular gave us a massive little impact there in the last 15, 20 minutes as well. Everybody contributed handsomely. So you listen, for game one. Uh, a good start, um, but improvements to be to be found now in the next week again before we play Waterford. Clearly,
1: it seems like a long time ago, but you think back was 16 seconds or so when uh, Cork scored the goal from the throw-in. But she he answered in
3: style, and you know I suppose the goal just before half-time as well a big moment in the game. It was it was it was a great goal, um, you know, good line break and you know really good finish from Kyle. You know, minded the ball well, got it really close to the keeper, and just put it away and uh, he backed himself, you know, and, you know, he got a job to do today. He's played wing-back for two seasons. He'd been up into the forwards for us today and, you know, it wasn't like he had five or six games in the league to get used to that again, you know, he just had to basically turn it around. So that wasn't an easy challenge, um, but one that he does for the, did for the team. You know, he struggled in the first half to get on the ball maybe, did really well off the ball in terms of applying pressure and making tackles and stuff like that but the two positions he did get you know, he got 1-1 one, one off them, so that was you know, a very telling factor and to answer your question, that goal was absolutely a great you know, energy filler for us as a group running at half time
1: And similarly in the second half Cork rallied, they might have had a goal chance a wonderful save from Quaid, got things level but again, your ability to shoot from distance seemed you know, just to almost be the difference in the end
3: Yeah, eventually, you know, we had 17 wides, so clearly not something we'd be happy with, you know, every year we seem to come back with a low scoring efficiency at the the start, and, you know, we need to work on that, we need to do something about that this week now individually, the players need to make sure that we we tidy that up a little bit and get it down a notch next week, you know, get it down to 13, 14 if we can at at the most, so, um, but like, Cork did bring great energy in that first five minutes, you know, where the fantastic goal after the throwing, you know, just opened us up. We couldn't deal with it, and and we didn't deal with it. And then straight after half time, they created a couple of chances as well. And we were lucky enough to get back and make the, you know, the last ditch tackles that forced enough pressure on the ball to give Nicky a chance to make the save. So, you know, all told, Defensively, I think it was a great performance from us from front to back. Our forwards, I think, defended really, really well for us today. Put enough pressure on the ball coming out from the Cork defence uh, you know, to cut down the number of opportunities that Cork had uh, to get on the ball. You know? So, listen, game one, uh, two points on the board. Happy with that, but we move on.
1: And lastly, John, the, the thing that I found quite notable from having a higher view looking down was the intense work rate. Like We all know your players are highly skilled. But the work rate, they just seem to, you know, every collision they seem to go for, that has to be very
3: pleasing, as you said, on first day out. Yeah, well, listen, there was a question or two asked, I think, of this group, you know, in recent weeks and I think they've given a fairly decisive answer, you know. Um, These boys are incredibly united as a group and, you know, we have very high standards and they have very high standards of themselves and, you know, how we play the game. Uh, Our coaches are demand a hell of a lot from them in terms of the standards that are there and you know we've got to go and raise that bar again now next week and that's the, that's the challenge that this group has but uh, yeah good start but more to, more to be done Perfect. Thank you John Lovely Thank
0: you Here's Limerick star Aaron Galan chatting to Jonathan Higgins after the game
1: Aaron I suppose uh, a lot of questions were asked to you Cork got that early goal as well but uh, your side showed all the class in the end
4: yeah I suppose it's up to people outside of our circle to ask the questions that's not for us to kind of focus on we focus on ourselves and our own game plan and I suppose we stuck to T today and we kind of came out the right side so we'll do the same the next day
1: the, Obviously the old cliche goals win games Cork up their won early but you got yours, your own one personally just before half time felt like a massive score
4: yeah, I suppose, lucky it was kind of nip and tuck up to that, and obviously a goal at any time of a match is kind of, you know, it's a very big thing, so luckily I was standing by myself, I didn't really have much to do, Kyle popped me, and all I had to do was hit it, so I threw the easy bit, the boys did the
1: <laughs> Well, you certainly tucked it away, well. Yeah, that's the main thing, look, and
4: it helped us, so it's all we can ask for, us suppose.
1: And then, you know, all through the side, you know, I think it was 13 different scores, but just an exposition of just long-range scoring, you just keep tapping your points away then. Yeah, I
4: suppose we were able to kind of mix it up, but the ball was... Being popped over from midfield or the half forward line, or else the full forward line. You know, it's good to have that kind of vi- variety. So, we're working on in training, and we had a couple of odds as well. So that's something we can go back to the board and, and try and improve on.
1: Yeah, when you look at both both ends of the spectrum, there you created a you know a huge amount of scoring opportunities.
4: Yeah, and I suppose that's kind of maybe one of the things you'd be looking at if your whatever team is creating more opportunities. They're obviously going to be in a good chance of winning the game. So. Kind of yeah, when the boys are in good positions they shoot away but we're not stupid shooting from stupid angles or from miles out the field leaders. You know, if we feel like there's a genuine chance of a score we'll shoot, but other than that we kinda work the ball in.
1: You know it is you know, it's still surreal almost at times to be uh, playing championship this time of year, but the games are coming thick and fast again and uh, Waterford now another big challenge.
4: Yeah, look what have been playing league I suppose and especially league champions. Um I know they got a they're kind of on a high end, especially after getting the first championship win under the belt today, so it's supposed to be a good old battle there next week, so something we look forward to.
1: Is it difficult having to, you know, the schedule is completely different than you would have experienced before, just have to, I suppose, get back to the drawing board again almost?
4: I don't think so, no. I think kind of players like playing matches like, you know, and we we just do what we're told. We go out and play whenever we're told to play, so it's not really up to us, and we're just delighted to be playing games, so that's what we're training for us so the more the merrier.
1: I suppose you're, that answers the next question then. You're delighted with the round-robin system being back? Yeah, I like it anyway. Like, you know, just a, f- a
4: flurry of games in a row, you know, and so I suppose it has its pros and cons, but we look at the positive side of it today. Well,
1: certainly a good start to proceedings today. So, thanks man
0: after the game James O'Connor broke it all down with Joe Malloy in analysis on Sundays off the ball and we're going to hear that
5: yeah absolutely Joe I mean you know Limerick once they once they found their feelings you know started to to play it the way they play move the ball through the lines and so on um, they were just just you know looking like the Limerick of old um, you know and four points up at half time having played into a strong breeze Cork did summon a response and you know we're level inside you know inside three minutes but what do Limerick do you know score the next five points and suddenly Take the game away from Cork again, and from there to the end, it was you know, the game was just played on Limerick's terms. Um, they had 12 different scores, Joe. You can find notes here uh, 220 from play, and um, you know, I, I don't know what they scored, too. I heard it's that 216 from turnovers, and just their, their physicality, their work rate, um, you know, the, just their tackling was just ferocious. And uh, you know, Graham O'Cahy was a corner forward and, and didn't score from play, but yet you know, his willingness to work, to hunt down Cork defenders, just to stand them up in the tackle, wait for the support to arrive and force turnovers, you know, it's one of the reasons why John Caius value valued. That you know why he, why he, he he started obviously today, and why he stayed on the p- pitch for as long as he as long as he did. And you know, even the subs that came on all made contributions. You know, Colin O'Neill got two really good scores. And um, we all know that you know he's he's a player that's really highly rated. And every Pat Ryan came off the bench, scored, got a great score from the sideline. David really scored, and I suppose really what what, what we saw today was Mike Casey back at full back, and um, you know having obviously torn that cruciate unable to to, to regain his starting position um, but he didn't put a foot wrong at full back and that released Dan Morrissey obviously to the half back line he was rock solid um, on one flank Burns was man of the match and absolutely outstanding on, on the other and it meant then that Kyle Hayes um, is operating on, on in, in the full forward line Um, you know with his ball winning ability with his pace his athleticism his willingness to just put the head down and run straight at you um, it gives Limerick something different and you know Keane Lynch didn't have to be great today got one score Joe off his knees in the second half which just has you you know you're looking around shaking your head at, you know the, the skill level Galan was good today in patches without again having to be really really outstanding Um, and you know they just looked like the complete team and you know if if, if people were wondering you know had they dropped off a level during the league they they gave their answer this afternoon and it was pretty devastating at times
6: well the, the league is very much the league is especially true in Hurling whatever about football but it's especially true in Hurling and right across the league with Limerick very rarely we saw them play with their All-Ireland final team or anything close to it I think we saw was it 13 of the 15 this afternoon so look maybe the squad doesn't stretch on forever but that first 15 16, 17, 18 they're as good as ever and seem to be as hungry as ever for instance of the uh, 2.25 today 2.20 was from play and of that 2.20 from play 216 came from turnovers they absolutely killed Cork on turnovers
5: they did, yeah, and, and and just the tackling, and you just look at what what are they doing? But it's it's the physicality, like that, you know. They they, they manage to hold you up, or you know, you half get get around them. But straight away, there, there's another Limerick player converging, and and it's that willingness, you know, to, to obviously Paul Connery and Kylie place huge emphasis emphasis on it. But they have more value in, in the turnover or forcing the Cork guy back than they have in in, in an exception of the score. That's obviously the currency in their in their in their dressing room, and you know. It's it's that's desire Joe. That's that's intensely that's that's your culture and, and that's clearly you know set out in stone and, and, and the standards haven't dropped. If anything, they've they've been they've been reset and, and, and look at it's it's three in a row. Um that's the target and, 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 and very much it's 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 in sight. Um obviously there's a lot of hurdles to be played yet and, and still you know, injuries are maybe the one thing that might derail them to key, to key players but uh, yeah, certainly look at 1-18, to 18, they have the reserves and they'll obviously have guys to come back, you know, Peter Casey making his way back from, from injury and it's a nice um, it's a nice luxury for John Kylie to have. From a
6: Cork perspective, I mean, they may, they may well be talking about this championship season as we're going to play Limerick twice, maybe a third time, let's see who ends up in the Munster final or see how it all plays out but certainly they are looking at Limerick as the standard and they're trying to bridge that gap. Now, they were beaten by 16 points in the All-Ireland Final uh, today and it's a, it's an 11-point gap you take away the first 16 seconds it's a 14-point gap in front of a raucous Porky Queeve. Eddie Brennan tweeted midway through the second half blow it up it's boys against men Cork haven't closed the gap at all here
5: they look at they haven't no um, they certainly haven't found the answers to, to you know to unlock and the problems obviously the limit, the limit present for them now you know I suppose after half time you know, in fairness, they did some in the response. They got the first four scores, but the second of those, you know, Seamus Harney put a brilliant ball across um, for Shane Barrett, and Nicky Quay pulled off, you know, a, a brilliant save to deflect it and put it over the bar. But Barrett needed to be hitting the deck with that. You know, yeah. I mean, he needed. It was to a great it. height. It was a great height for Quay. Yeah, perfect, perfect. I mean, listen, brilliant re- reflexes from Nicky, but you know, he shouldn't have been in a position to make that to make that save. And, and Jack O'Connor flashed one, you know, narrowly past the post again. I think there was maybe you know fifty-six minutes gone, and okay, there was. Still, probably you know, eight or nine points in at it at that stage. But they need to be taking all those all those chances. And you know, th- there were one or two other occasions when you reckon that. Are you know, I, I, I thought that. Listen, Cork, they have to get goals. They have to keep going. They have to look to draw the man, maybe, and, and you know, wait for the runner after coming off the shoulder, or or look for more. Um, and they didn't, you know, they were content again to tap it over the bar or to or to take, you know, other options and that's something that they that they have to look at. But you know, you don't just go out, Joe, and, and pick baldwin half hours off trees. Um, you know, and Limerick have those in, in, in Morrissey, they've got it in Hagersey, in Kyle Hayes, um, in Keen Lynch and Cork. Cork just you know, couldn't get any traction on their own on their own puck out. Um, you know, they went short, and then Limerick quite happy to give the ball to the full back line, but then pressured, and it went back to the keeper, and then he went long. But there was absolutely zero change um, from it. Burns and Morrissey were just totally dominant. Um, you know, on the on that second on that second ball or that that long delivery, and you know, they effectively had no real platform from which to which to play. Um, now they still scored one seventeen, but. As I said, you, you don't just manufacture, you know, these 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 ball winning half forwards, and, and teams that win all Irelands invariably have them. You know, Kilkenny obviously had them for years, you know what I mean, Martin Cummingford, you can go back to John Hyne, guys like that, um, you know, Richie Power, Henry obviously, Eddie Brennan, they were all able to win their own ball and, and Cork just just, you know, don't seem to have those type of players. And and the middle third, you know, even Willow Donahue. Um you know just the enforcer just the physicality the work rate I mean there was one point there where you know we know Mark Coleman is quick and Coleman took off up along the the, the sideline here in front of me deep into the second half and I don't know who was after him you know bursting a gut closing the gap and again you know Coleman forced him to play a ball that I think was intercepted and you know, but if if willow dunhu doesn't burst the gut and expend that energy, um, Mark Coleman has, has has time to to pick out the pass and, and that was the biggest difference for me, that you know, the work rate between the between the teams and, and the cork forwards you know, there's, there's, there's no way of putting this any other way they just don't work as hard as, as, as remotely as hard as Limerick forwards do and you know just watching some of the RT footage on the, on, on, on the player here um, Joe you know I think th- th- they highlighted that that you know Limerick were effectively able to work the ball almost the length of the field without, without a glove but laid on them by Cork and and clearly you know that's that's not going to get it done against, against the champions
6: That's very frustrating if you're a Cork fan hearing that there's no reason as to why Limerick should be working harder than your forward line
5: there isn't no, um, and sometimes you know you you you're looking you're looking at it and and you're saying you know is that is, is that just tokenism you know there's a half-hearted effort maybe in the tackle and you look at Glen okay he probably the smallest man. Um, <clears throat> You know, on the field, and yet, and consistently, you know, in, in, under Kylie, any time Graham McGahey has played, it's, you know, he, he sometimes sets the tone in terms of his willingness just to put his body on the line and and force turnovers and 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 put the hard airs in and and, you know, really, um, it it just doesn't seem to be the makeup of of, of some of these cork forwards. And look at them, they're good players and they're talented and they're very very quick and very very skillful, um, but there's more to the game than that. And you know, Limerick have that. Have that in their DNA, yes. and, and and that that willingness to work hard just doesn't seem to be something that, that Cork possess enough of, and and maybe look at it, the Brian Cody mantra sometimes shows you got to you know. <laughs> if the other type of players you need you got to go out and find them
6: yeah and it's a boring point and it's a stating the obvious point but it does have to start with hard work in hurling you know it's such a wild game it's about the small moments you have to win as many of those moments and the Mulcahy point is a good one to make because there would be a temptation to look at the size just the physical size of Limerick and say well how can anyone compete with that but Mulcahy bears out the point that it's about more than size it's about a certain attitude
5: Oh yeah, and, and listen, Mulcahy has put the hours into the gym. You can see that. Listen, physically he's developed. He's he's he looks a lot stronger than the the wispy Graham El-Cahy that that came onto the Limerick team. You know when he made his when he made his debut, but but he didn't score. And I might have said it to you at half time that listen, you know he got no change out of out of O'Leary. But I just thought the second half, just his you know when when Cork obviously started so well, and and you know as I said we're, we're level three minutes into the second half, and you're wondering now are we going to get a game here, maybe playing into the breeze might suit Cork a little bit more. Maybe they can get that running game going, but uh, but Limerick just shut it down. And as I said, I I just thought he was to the fore, and um, you know in, in in doing that and not letting Cork out of their own half of the field. And you know if that status is accurate, two sixteen from turnovers, it, is, yeah. it, it, it speaks volumes, Joe, for for the work rate that Limerick that Limerick get. Limerick showed, and and, and he epitomised it.
6: It's hard listening to you uh, to feel in any way confident that Cork will win the All Ireland this year push for an All Ireland. I mean, you'd, you'd kind of write them off on the basis of being beaten so comprehensively at the Pork.
5: Yeah, well, Joe, look at, like, the first objective of, of all the teams in the provinces is, is, is be, be in the three, the top three to, to, to come out. And, you know, listen, Munster is, is going to be a, a bear fight. I mean, you know, Tip obviously showed something today down in, um, you know, down in Walsh Park. That you know, they, they have their pride, and there's still a lot of players in that Tip dressing room. You know, Cahill, Barrett, you know, Michael Breen, Ronan Jason Jason Ford, etc. With with the lot of medals, and um, you know, and I thought I, I saw obviously pieces of it, and I thought Mark did, did 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 well. Um, and they're not going to lie down for for anybody. I mean, you know, Tip obviously have a story rivalry with Cork. They've obviously a huge rivalry with them um, with 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 Limerick. Clare obviously go go to Thurles, You know, next Sunday, massive game for both them um, for both county. So, I mean, look at you know Cork. That's Cork's first priority. They've got to win at least two matches and make sure then that they're that they're in the last six. And from there, then I mean, you know, that that gives you a chance that gives you time to maybe iron out some of those deficiencies maybe, maybe go back to the drawing board um, but just at, at this point in time you know Darrell Fitzgibbon you know after some really brilliant stuff during the league no, got, got a point in the first half no real impact on the game today yeah. Mark Coleman again you know minimal enough impact uh, and, who, and who was centre back James he was a Coleman yeah well Germerrick attached himself to kind of keen keen Lynch and um and Coleman was kind of Coleman was center back but at times he was he was out in the he was out in the wing and okay. you know it, it was just the game just it just seemed to be played on, on Limerick's terms you know yeah. Kyle Hayes at, at times kind of came out in the first half Kyle Hayes was kind of out operating in centre forward and, and Damien Cahalan was effectively playing kind of centre playing centre back with, with Sean O'Donoghue who was, was on Galan and Nylor Leary on, on Graham Mulcahy inside but then the second half you know there was times when Hayes was, was always playing corner forward and Colm was kind of out at centre back so you know Limerick or Cork obviously had their had their matchups but, um, but the, the, just the quality of ball coming in you know, into that Limerick forward line, um, you know, was was superb. But the reason it was superb was because, invariably the Limerick players had time to to, yes. to, to get their heads up and pick out the right pass. Whereas at the other end, you know, it, it's 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 always pressured, pressurized ball. And you know, if you're playing the Limerick full back line, you know, you can afford to attack the ball because you know it's 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 you know the pressure's been applied out the out the field, and 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 that makes it that makes their jobs easier.
6: Yes, everyone's on the front foot. So almost the way you're kind of presenting it, there's a degree of uh, where when Cork have the ball and they're building out from defence, the Limerick forwards smell opportunity here and a turnover here akin to, you know, Liverpool and Gegen pressing. When the Limerick defenders have the ball, the Cork forwards are almost thinking, oh, I suppose I have to go and close this guy down now.
5: Well, I, I maybe that's been a bit harsh on the, on, the, on the Cork Forest I mean, there were there were one look at there were occasions when Cork did apply pressure, but Limerick two are so efficient, so well drilled, so you know prepared that you know when when if Mike Casey takes a short puck off Nicky Quaid, you know it's the second ball, Joe. It's it's ping to hand. You know what I mean? It's out to Willow Dunne or somebody who's made themselves available. Suddenly there's a guy coming off the shoulder. Dan Morrissey's on the sidelines. Popped out to him. He's time to get his head up and, and, and pick a pass to somebody. So you you you've got to give Limerick huge credit to mm. for the, the level at which they're executing Joe I mean this is like you know we sometimes underestimate just how good and how skillful what they're doing is I mean yeah. you know picking out passes that are sticking to hand to guys on the run they don't have to break stride um, clearly they train that way um, and that enables them to play that way and obviously Paul Kinnerk is the architect of it and, and you know what a coach what a coach he is and as I said look at it you know like they weren't scoring goals up to last year's championship, they obviously corrected that. Yeah. And even the second half, Galan had one that he flashed narrowly over the the, the, the crossbar that could just easily have easily have, have been, you know, nestling in the top the top corner. So that threat is still is still there. And obviously, with Hayes up front, he gives them something different, a different dimension. So, um, yeah, look at. They're they're the team, Joe. Yeah. If, if 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 we had any doubts <laughs> about it they're they're the ones that they all have to beat. And, and yeah. Liam Cahill, uh, Liam Cahill will, will have no doubts about how difficult the challenge will be next Saturday night in the Gaelic grounds.
6: So to be fair, then, because this all might sound a touch harsh on, on Cork today, is just a reinstatement of the uh, qualities of Limerick. Today is more about and the gap between these two teams. It is it is far more about Limerick's brilliance than than the shortcomings of Cork. Is that that'd be the fair way of putting this? I
5: I, I think so. I mean, listen, look look at Cork supporters and and, and Cork. Cork and men will probably you know they, they won't have been happy w- w- with today um, you know and obviously the way the way it went and you know but look at Kieran Kingston can only work with the players that he's got and, and these are probably the best players in Cork and maybe people might feel that you know Joe Mahoney needs to be further up the field or maybe he needs to be centre back or Mark Coleman needs to be shoved forward um, you know maybe Darrell Leary. You know, might, might come in the edge of the square, but I didn't think Demi and Cahillan did a whole lot did a whole lot wrong today. Um, it's just the middle, the middle third, Joe. I mean, that half back line. Burns was Burns was just imperious that um, yeah. wing back. I mean, you know, and he, even when Cork, you know, Cork were coming at them, he got a a, a phenomenal point. Um, you know, from 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 play, uh, and and just literally won almost everything that came down came down his side. Dan Morrissey on the other wing was every bit as good, um, and obviously O'Donohue and O'Donovan it's not that it's not that they're particularly stylish or that they you know they 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 kill you with skill but what they do in terms of just the simple things and the defending and, 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 and you know doing the donkey work um you know, and then you've, you've obviously got Hagerty who looked back to his best today and Morrissey working incredibly hard on the on, on the wing so the mid the, the middle third they have the players they have the athletic, athleticism they have the physicality the power the strength uh, and it makes it very very hard to play through that middle third with, 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 with the attributes that that, that that team has
6: Yeah Burns was a deserved man of the match scored some brilliant long range frees as well when Cork had started so well and Limerick just needed to steady the ship and then as you said any ball that went in I'm not sure what height he is but he just looks like he's impossible to beat in the air
5: he is yeah I mean and and that's the one thing again and again you know it goes back to Paul Kinnerk and and, and coaching I mean you know Kilkenny for years obviously dominated the you know, airily really, they were so good um, in, in in the air, but you know, Kinnerk obviously I think has has coached Limerick, um, you know, in terms of okay breaking it down. You know, how how do you compete for a ball in the air? And Limerick now we're arguably every bit as good as Eske as anywhere and you know when you're Diarmuid Burns and you're I suppose, six feet five and you're Gerard Hagerty and you're six feet five or six and you're Kyle Hayes and you're a similar size you and know. Dan Morrissey isn't small and the other the other wing either. And um, you know it's it's, it's 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 a big help and they have that physical advantage as well and and they make it count and. You know, puckouts obviously are so important, shots are so important, turnovers are so important, and I think you look at all those three probably the three most important statistical categories. Uh, Limerick win those hands down, and, and they certainly won them hands down today. Yeah.
6: I know, I mean, there's, there's just no easy, easy way to beat them. Groach Hegarty, six foot five of him. It's funny, every t- I mean, he, he's like his physique is just phenomenal. And then when he takes off his helmet to be interviewed, it's like someone has Photoshopped a different head in him, this baby-faced assassin, <laughs> you know. You forget, like, some of them are so young. And then, like, there's a moment where Keane Lynch, who was awe-inspiring in the All-Ireland Final, as you said today, you know, it wasn't a spectacular Lynch display, it was a stitching-it-together kind of a day for Lynch. But then, like, he goes and scores a, a point off his knees, you know, like he's genuflecting and and whips one over just to remind everyone I'm here too.
5: Yeah, and and again the thing the thing with Keith Lynch is you know his his just willingness to do, you know, Joe, that the, the hard work. Um, you know, he he's always tackling. He's, you know, he's winning the the, the the dirty ball, and you know, you you just get the sense that um you know that there's no no egos in that in, in, in that team they play for each other they play for they play for the jersey um, and and you know if, you, if you're not putting not putting it in you, you don't play and um, you know successful and an Ireland winning teams have that you have to have that and, and Limerick have it in spades and you know Lynch I said it was as good as he needed to be today um, you know I remember been down here in Porky Key for, for the Munster final last year and even the first half when Tip were on top I thought himself and Kyle Hayes the two guys that, that were looking to take the fight to Tip and, and you know he, he, he wanted the ball he demanded the ball and more than anybody else I think he got Limerick he got Limerick moving him. we know you know the level the levels to which he can he, he can play and, and obviously his skill level And uh, but it's, as I said it's just his, his honesty and his work rate and what he brings um, to the team in that department uh, you know he's he, he's just a perfect team player
0: James O'Connor there with Joe Malloy on Off The Ball Sunday's Off The Ball live from 1 o'clock to 7 o'clock on News Talk, well what was the other game today? It was Waterford and Tipperary and they served up a thriller in Munster. Waterford won by four points. Dahi Boland and former TIP star Paddy Maher were there in analysis for off the ball. We're going to hear from Lean Cahill and Colin Bonner chatting to Stephen Gleeson of TIP FM. But first, here's Dahi on the full-time whistle
7: full time here at Walsh Park where it has finished Waterford 2.24 Tipperary 2.20 a fantastic game of hurling Austin Gleeson and Jamie Barron made a huge impact off the bench for Liam Cahill's side in the second half the day should score five in the opening 10 minutes of that second half with Mikey Kiley and Debbie Hutchinson raising the green flag Mark Ewell got his second goal of the game to bring tip back into this game in the 57th minute but it was all Waterford at the end who finished the strongest so Full time here at Walsh Park. Waterford two twenty four, Tipperary
8: two twenty. Johnny you knows. Colin Bonner. Colin, your thoughts after that?
9: Um, yeah. Well, in, initially uh, disappointed not to come away with something. Um, you know, um, there's four championship games here. You need to bring a big game in all these games. And I and, uh, just looking back at the game, and I suppose having much time to reflect. But I think possibly we had a very, very good start. At ha- you know, and by half time maybe it could have been seven or eight pints up. We missed one or two very good goal chances and um, you know it would have just helped us a small bit for the onslaught that they brought in the second half but even after the onslaught I looked at the scoreboard and there's still only two points in it and I said like, we're not going to go away from this championship uh, we've done too much work we've worked so hard with these bunch of lads and they weren't going to lie down and in fairness he came back and I think we levelled it and we were pushing even at the end we had a couple of chances to, to draw at 11 again at the end and I know they had a couple of wides too but as I said um, they were a bit more clinical in the two goal chances they had and we continued to have one I think we carried a good goal threat there, and that's something we'll just have to build on.
8: You were written off just before this game, but came down here put in that performance and your debutants did really well as well, you know Craig Morgan up to the mark and Noel Majestic as well. Yeah, well uh, you know, a lot of people um,
9: forget that, you know, these are not 18 and 19 year olds, Craig Morgan and, and um, Quigley, like they're 23, 24 they waited a long time for this opportunity, for this chance and yeah, they're replacing huge players that have played for Tipper over the last 10 years, but they, we have huge belief in what they can bring and what they're about and there's, there's more players in that dressing room that are only waiting for a chance so Tipperary, yeah look uh, today it, it, we're dis- hugely disappointed and but you know we have to regroup very quickly and we have to set our sights now and Claire, Claire no doubt Brian Loam was down there looking at that and sizing up in terms of what, what we were about and you know so yeah look um, we
8: have to get the boys recovered we have to get back
9: into, We, you know we feel we still can have a say in this championship
8: uh, Just before half time we were, looked to be cruising, they came out, they got that goal a couple of points and like the, the face kind of went out of tip during that period we were up in the commentary box we saw Tommy Dunn going up to the stand what happened there with Tommy being put up there
9: yeah I was only coming out and I saw the ref giving him a red card I didn't know what was going on um, and yeah he was a huge loss in the sideline because he, you know he has huge energy and he has a big voice inside there and when you're in a hostile place like Walsh Park you need someone like that in the sideline and he was driving us on and driving everything and um, you know the players have huge respect for him and they respond to all these calls and yeah he was missed by us in the second half but look having said that is the, the it's the start reading really the second half the one 3 that they hit us so quick with. you know when you look at the scoreboard that was the difference and uh, we um, yeah um maybe we felt that you know we had played well enough in the first half we were going to it was going to come out but yeah look that's Harlan uh, it's it's never over until the referee blows the whistle and he blew it today on 74 minutes and I thought to every minute of that we had an opportunity to win this game and that to me is something you know as a manager I have to be able to say that we're capable of winning games uh, up to the very last minute.
8: You're clear next weekend. Now you don't get a huge chance to dwell on today. Like it's a, it's a, you know, rip, rip championship. Champ. Yeah. Look, um, and uh, you know, when you look at, I
9: suppose, the contenders for Munster. You know, they had Limerick down. They've Waterford down, and they've. Um, Limerick-Watford and um, Corkdown and you know they're kind of forgetting about ourselves in clear in a way and I'm sure Brian Lohan is reading into that too and they want to make a big statement that you know the and just like ourselves, but having said that, it's not about making statements. It's about playing to your potential. It's about bringing your best, and that's all we can ask these players to do. And I think that's you know, I think there's more in these lads, and that's why we're here.
8: There was a couple of marginal calls in the game. One kind of looked like a, a pick up in the first half went against Tip, and a win for Waterford in the second half. Like little things can have a big swing in a game like that.
9: Yeah, um, I know you can make your own look, and Waterford were driving at us seriously. You know, um, yeah, they learned from our first half in terms of we were driving at them. I think out of their puck house. we were very successful on the long and short and you know so they had to counter they had to come with something they're a very experienced team Kyle has them for the last three years and they showed in the league final what they're about they showed in the league semi-final about how lethal they can be but yeah we contained them for a long period they did get a run for, for, for that five or six minutes but we regrouped them resettled them we got ourselves back into it and so I have to be very proud of that effort and as I said you know um, all we can just keep asking the lads is keep bringing it keep keep being the best they can be and you know if they can be the best these lads can Jamie, now is Liam Cahill. Liam, your thoughts after that? Yeah, sure. Look at delighted
10: Stephen. Uh, Real tough monster championship battle. Um, tip team came down here with all guns blazing like we knew they would and definitely if we weren't as well prepared as we were we'd, we'd have been caught and, and badly done today and just just delighted to get out of here with the with the first uh, two points on the board in this monster campaign
8: you knew what like, Sir craig morgan was going to bring those guys you brought to all ireland level in tip these lads today stepped up to senior and you got a right test of it there like tip were on top in the first half but you grounded down those scores after half time absolutely vital I, I think there'll be massive gains for both teams out today. I think the, the manner in which
10: we kind of turned things around, that Waterford side turned things around and, and made, you know, turned a four point deficit into a six point lead, ten point turnaround, will be big for us going forward. We'll be definitely able to springboard off of that. And I think for the younger brigade in Tipperary, I think was, they came through a real good baptism today and the future looks really well for four or five new deb, debutants today. And, you know, fair play to, to, to Tip and, and to column and the lads for, for, for getting them out there in the shape they were in today.
8: Yeah this first game Like is a huge one For all teams So to get that win Now really sets you up At those you have to Win your home matches That's key Like it's You know The
10: history books Show that So you know We're delighted here uh, pitch in excellent condition you know. I have to say in fairness to the ground staff here it is absolutely top class it's the best pitch we've played on surface wise all year to be fair and that contributed to a real good fast game so um, looking forward now again to getting the bodies ready for six days time which is another monster task down in down in
11: Limerick Liam what, what changed in that period after half
10: time what changed is we, we discussed how we were so jittery and nervous on the ball making a lot of very very uh, basic mistakes which you know isn't what we were about like we tried to nail the basics as best we can and it was really nervy and jittery uh, for the first 35 minutes there and just just didn't know where that came out it just needed to half time didn't you know I know we clawed our way back into it just before half-time but even before that we, you know, I was saying in my own head I can't wait for half-time to come to get these fellas in and just get a little bit of composure back into what we were about and in fairness to the boys they've really matured they, they dealt with that at half-time and came out and started the second half really well
11: Any chance that that jitteriness comes a little bit from the anticipation that's been around the county the ways have built up all yeah, that you
10: know, that's, that's a real good question and to, it, you know, we can we do our best and I do my best to try and protect these players from that and some of it is out of our control, you know. You have you have guys, you know, that that have big opinions, and and a lot of them were, I suppose, relayed out in the media over the week as to where this water team are at and where they're going. And really, it seems very very premature because, like, apart from a league, there's nothing really achieved with this group as yet. So I, I don't know where all this comes out. Of. Um, you know, the test of it will always be championship hurling, and, and today was a real test for us, and, and we're just delighted to get through it. Do you, Do you learn more. Sorry. Ah, uh, no, I. Don't, I don't, look
8: I don't know it, like you'd like to think it didn't but you'd have to ask the question after did it yeah 100% do you learn more from that than you would from an entire league campaign that second half alone yeah there's, there's no substitute for championship hurling you can come in here to Welsh Park all you like during the, during
10: the league and it's great it's workouts and it's this and that but there's a different feeling in, in, in the in the stomach when you come in the gates today for championship everything is on the line and that's what you're judged on championship hurling so um, you know as I said delighted just to get through it
7: late team going that's Got the crowd going.
10: Absolutely, and like, you know to be fair to the starting 15, every one of them fellas earned their jersey the right way, like, you know Jamie was coming back from a from an injury and it just hadn't enough game time in to start, and Austin had a little tweak during the week, and did you know, we didn't really know have a, uh, we didn't really have a good handle on it by the end, by, by when we needed to, 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 to put clarity on the team, so as it turns out in hindsight, Shane, yeah, it, you know we needed everything today on the line, and thankfully we've created that over the league, over the last two and a half years we are here we've, we've started to put, you know, a real good panel together and um, I think it'll be badly needed in every county before this championship is over the depth and strength of your panel will definitely come into play
8: Did you find out about the character of the team there today because going down the home straight there you know it could have gone tip's way very handy I look at I, I have fierce belief in the character of these fellas like you know that's why I'm here um, I see
10: these fellas up close every night and 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 um, you know, their character can never be questioned. I'll never question their character, no matter what way things go for me here in Water in with this group of players. That won't be something that'll let them down. It might be a break of a ball or a bit of bit of unluckiness during the during the campaign, but their character is always there. But I know what you're asking, Stephen, is games like that does build resilience more so than character, absolutely. Was
12: that yeah. the response you wanted from Austin Gleeson today, Liam, after missing the league final?
10: Ah yeah, like Austin Gleason, lads. You you, you know about it. You, you're writing enough about him down the years, like with with the exploits and 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 the, and the ability he has and. You know, Austin is Austin and, and he's a massive part of this set-up and, you know, as the, I suppose the saying goes, like, every, every sinner has a future, like, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and the reality
8: to him is, like, Austin Gleeson's future is very bright. You know? he, he ignited the crowd when he came on, really, didn't he? Just after half-time he got a big score and all of a sudden everything took off for you. Ah, oh, yeah, but that's
10: what big players do. Tip have him as well, other counties have him and, you know, the, the, the crowd react to that and it's always a help.
0: Two managers there, two Tip men, Liam Cahill, of course, in charge of Waterford and Colin Bonner, the Tipperary coach for 2022. Let's hear from Poddy Maher. Here's what he made of Tip's first championship outing of 2022.
7: Full-time here at Walsh Park where it has finished. Waterford 2.24, Tipperary 2.20. Watching the game for off the ball today was three-time All-Ireland winner with Tipperary, Podrick Maher. Poddy, what did you make of the game?
13: Yeah, you know, I suppose, first of all, uh, Great game of hurling. Um, it was very exciting. It was end to end throughout the game. Um, I suppose Water forgotten a massive start there were four points to no score up, and um, but Tip came storming back into it after Marko's goal there in the sixth minute, and um, from there on, Tip took total control of the first half. I thought, and uh, you know, I had to be very happy with the four-point league going a half time. This was your punditry debut. How did you feel waking up this morning?
7: Like only a few months ago, your plan was to be out on that pitch, not here beside me. But how did you feel
13: coming to this game today? Yeah, you know, very strange waking up this morning. In fairness, and um even coming down there today before the game, like you know, it's it a lot different to what I was used to. But um yeah, you know, I suppose it really hit me until I actually came up here to the, to, the, to the press box here, and um you know, looking out with the lads warming up and whatever. Um, you know, it was. Um, bit strange very strange actually but yeah you know look thoroughly enjoyed the game as well and, and got into as, any, as good as any supporter in the finish.
7: You mentioned there Waterford made a quick start to this game and then Tipperary their opening goal came from Mark Keogh and they seemed to get on top for the rest of that first half Tipperary maybe bare near the end of the first half but what were Tipperary doing right in that first half?
13: Yeah you know, I suppose after the start Waterford got Tip got the goal and just settled and you know, they were, they were just tight to every offer t- uh, player. You know, Watford went short for a lot of puck. I was trying to work it up through the field and Tip just weren't letting them. They were, they were delivering the ball into a crowd of Tip lads. Um, you know, so they were, they were really packing out the middle of the field, you know, so... Um, yeah, Waterford seemed kind of, you know, it looked like they were kind of divided ideas there for a while. You know, it didn't seem to Waterford we were looking at throughout the league, you know, in the league final especially. So, um, but yeah, they, they clipped one or two points just finishing up in the first half, Waterford. So um, that kind of gave me a bit of a boost going in instead of being six or seven down, they were four down. And, you know, they had momentum then going in at, at half time. And then in the
7: second half, Waterford, they came out of the trap flying two substitutions that made a huge impact, Jamie Barron and Austin Gleeson how would you feel those players what sort of impact
13: did they make on this game massive yeah Look, like, you know even been introduced in a half time we lifted everywhere all the Waffle crowd around here and the players obviously as well and straight away gleason had a had an impact he won a free then he scored a fabulous pint from the side and here in front of us as well you know and straight i lifted him and then jerry Barron got on the score sheet as well you know they they made massive differences to the game um you know austin got a great side as well you know really lifted the whole thing and um, even nearly daily came and coming on there for the last 10 minutes had some massive plays as well you know so just there was a lot of talk about for strength and depth and it definitely showed here today some of the key battles there today that we've seen was there any that caught your eye i thought uh, mark Q had a very good game and likewise in you know conor punty really stormed into the second half but mark came fighting back again i thought they had a great battle there Um I suppose Ty De and Noel McGrath was intriguing too and Noel was kind of sitting off in the first half and I think he clipped four pints in the first half Um, but then Ty kind of you know got on top in the second half you know that was a very intriguing battle as well um, you know Desi Hutch and Cotton Barrett was another tight one there you know you think Cahill was in top there for most of the game and then Desi still comes away at 1-3 you know so it was fantastic battles all over the field you know and um, again look there was, there was a lot of quality players in show like you know it was, it was, um, it was going to be expected and just you know I suppose the shout out as well uh, Sean O'Brien Two massive saves, one in the first half from from Jason Ford, where you are waiting to net, net to rattle, and uh, he pulled off a fantastic save. And likewise, then in one against Jake Morris here in the second half, when the game's in the mental pot, so um, he pulled off two massive saves as well there. For Waterford coming into this game, there was a lot of
7: hype. Obviously, a fantastic league campaign. Or you know, some people are predicting them to potentially go on and win the All Ireland. Will this type of performance here and you know Tipperary have to take a lot of credit as well as to what they've done but the fact that Waterford weren't flying today will this type of performance maybe suit them going into the Limerick game maybe lessen that hype?
13: I suppose from our point of view yeah they, they probably didn't perform as well as they thought they, they could today the first half they definitely won't be happy with it again they got their 20 minute spell in the second half but Tip came fighting back again and you know Tipperary supporters going home be very very positive you know and um, They really died with boots on today. They fought for everything. No one was giving them much was much of a chance here today. And, you know, up to the last two or three minutes there they were really pint or two in it, you know, so they were well in the game. Like so from Tip's point of view, a lot of positives going forward into the clear game, which is massive next weekend now. Um, you know, the home games are vital, like, you know, and um, look Walford will have plenty to work on. They won't mind as such, you know, the way this is turning out a four point win. Um you know plenty to work on and it might just dampen down the, the bit of a uh, you know the hype that was around him for before today before today's game you know might keep him grounded a bit that look they're maybe not as far away as they probably talked about from the other teams. so um, yeah look we'll offer plenty to work on but we'll be very very happy with, with the result here today and tip have a lot of positives to take into next week. I want to get your thoughts on Liam Cahill you know
7: some people have said he's probably the best manager in the game at the moment you've dealt with him with certain teams you've even played with him at club level what is he like in the dressing room?
13: Yeah, look, be, he was a demanding player, and a, and a, and, a, and a, no doubt he's demanding manager as well. He just wants players to be honest, I suppose, work hard, uh, work for the team. You know, if you're going to go about your business in, in your own manner, you're not going to be part of the team. You know, and um, I think he's even changed a lot of the wall for players. There, lads that maybe are, are, are a bit kind of, you know, one dimensional, is in maybe looking after themselves a bit down through the years. Now they're all playing for each other. You can see that on the pitch, they're all working hard for each other. They all know, you know, the roles that they have to play in as part of the team, and. I I think he's got great, he's got a massive amount of oven so far. Um, obviously showed that with the league final and, and, and the win here today. And I think Mikey Brevens is a big help to him too there as well as a coach. So um, I think they've transformed Waterford. Um, Now the big thing is can they really push on and, and get bigger honours? During the game, we were talking about the conditions, you know, it's
7: been raining here all morning in Waterford, but also maybe the pitch being a little bit tighter compared to what you'd have in Semple Stadium or Crow Park. You were saying maybe that might not suit this Waterford team.
13: Why is that? Yeah, I just felt like I know that people could bring out the measuring tape now and and, and measure Walsh Park and say it's the same size as Semple Stadium or wherever, but it just feels smaller down here. It feels tighter, the crowd... Around you, it feels like a cauldron. Like, um, I just feel that this for team probably would prefer to open wide spaces in the stadium or Parky um or Crow Park. Um, you know, just, I just have that feeling, and I think it suited Tipperary a bit more today. Um, now, could be totally wrong, but you know. Watford always liked playing down here but I just feel this Watford team's is a bit different they're a bit free-flowing you know a lot of running off the, off the shoulder you know space inside for the full forward line and you're not going to get as much down here in, in Walsh Park as maybe you might get in Turles or in Cork so um, yeah maybe, maybe it might suit them going to the Gaelic grounds or, or down to Parky Kiev, wherever it is but, um, yeah, but yeah I just think the style of play maybe down here might suit them as, as the play pitch down here might suit them as, as as they'd like Four Tipperary there, four new debutants, championship
7: debutants uh, started there today. So it's a young team, a lot of new players being blooded. Obviously, yourself, Brendan Maher, gone, and then Shamie Callan, out through injury. So there is a lot of change there going on with Tipperary. In that dressing room, so you'd know a lot of these lads. Who are the leaders? Who are the vocal men in that dressing room, you know, that Tipperary supporters
13: will be saying, right, we need to see more of them? yeah you know just I suppose tip it for David and say that look you're going through the programme there and the players that played like a lot of them can be proud of their performances like you know Craig Morgan very solid James Quigley was very good uh, at full back you know Dylan was was, was, was solid out Conor Bowe I don't know did he go off with an injury or something at half time because he had some bright moments as well um, but you look down to the men of the team they're like you've Ronan obviously as captain you've Cottle Barrett Seamus Kendi Noan McGrath you know Jason Ford there's massive leadership there in that group and just you know you've Patrick Bonhamar John McGrath on the sideline as well so there's massive leadership in that group and massive experience a lot of lads in that panel have won all Ireland middles like you know so that's not to be discounted and I think before this game today a lot of people discounted Tip Brery as regards what they were going to bring here today but um, I think going away now even myself I'm a lot more positive going forward and heading into the clear game as regards Tip Rary and the prospects
7: One of those experienced players you were talking about Noel McGrath as we had mentioned that first half you know he looked like Noel McGrath of old where maybe the last year or two people have been questioning his, his form but in that first half and even the second half I know he wasn't on the ball as much but he
13: showed this lad is still one of the top players in the game. Yeah, definitely. You know, he he gave Tyde Borak a lot to think about there in the first half. He three pints got at half time. Um, You know, Ty didn't kind of know where to sit off from his usual game or go with him. He wasn't maybe getting the cover in front of him as as usually did in the first half there. And Noel was getting on a, a lot of ball there, you nearly know, set up the goal chance for Jason as well with the with the save from Sean O'Brien So he was causing a lot of damage to Watford. Noel was. And in the second half, then Ty obviously was getting the ball a lot more. You no know, maybe not as much, but. Um, he definitely got another point. Hit a few important frees. He nearly set up Jake here. Done great work here for a turnover and flicked the ball out to Jake and unfortunately Jake uh, just missed it here on the left inside. But um, no, I thought overall Nolan had a very good performance there today. That middle third of the
7: field, you know, it's such an important part in today's game. You would have played a lot there, being in the half back line. Just talk is true for a current player in that position if you're playing in the half back line or or the half forward line what is it like like what is the chaos like in there and like when
13: you're trying to read the game is it difficult it is difficult because I suppose on puck outs, you have a lot of movement with forwards and you're I suppose in the middle third then you're trying to decide do you stay with the man or do you hold your position and let someone else take the opposing player in a puck out uh, strategy and then in general play specif- specifically against Waterford like they like to run the ball and run off the shoulder so if they break a line You're there in the half-back midfield, and if they break you, you you know you're. You're chasing shadows after that, so like it's hectic in there, like you know. And um, there today, now it was it was it was fair tough going inside in the middle, middle third. There, I think Tip won that battle in the first half. You know, they made Waterford play the ball into a lot of traffic, and they were over, they were turning it over. And um, I think Waterford kind of went a bit more direct in the second half into the to Kylie and Hutchison, and that, um, you know, and kind of came on top and broke through Tipperary a bit more in the second half in the middle of third, um, which they weren't doing the first half. So yeah, the way that all the games and a lot of teams are setting up now is whoever win that middle third in between the 265s as we call it um, will go a long way to, to, to winning the game and as we mentioned Waterford they go
7: on to play Limerick next Tipperary against Clare how will both teams be feeling now going into
13: round 2? Look, I think Tip are gonna be obviously the players the management are gonna be disappointed they didn't get the win here today. Um as I said as he said earlier on, no one's probably giving much of a chance of themselves probably coming down here and um, you know, maybe a bit more belief Tipperary could have got over the line here today, you know, maybe they didn't expect to be in it as close as they did, I don't know, but it surely looked like they were they did well enough there to, to, to get something out of the game today, unfortunately it didn't happen. But going ahead to next weekend, you know, home game is massive to win in in, in the round robin, you know, and Tip can get a lot of confidence from today, you know, and um, hopefully they can bring a lot of the work ethic they had today um, you know from a lot, all over the pitch and maybe then uh, you know probably get a few more of the chances that they missed there. You know, they had a few chances for Pines there finishing up in, in that second half and just had a few wides you know and um, could have easily drawn that game finishing up but um, if they can convert a lot of them next weekend bring the same work ethic, um, I think Clare will have it all to do to put it up to them because they will have that game under the belt now a real tough championship game Clare have, no, have no game played so it's going to be interesting we won't really know who's going to benefit more until the result comes over next week
0: Poddy Maher there in conversation with Dahi Boland for off the ball today let's cross over to Ryslip where Leitrim bet London by four points in the Connacht Championship quarterfinal today they escaped we'll hear a great chat with Leitrim manager Andy Moran and Maura Trastny Kelly in a moment but first here's Leitrim star Donal Rinn speaking to Shannon Side FM
12: Delighted to be joined by Leitrim midfielder Donal Rinn. um Donal by your fingernails he got over the line that was tight
14: yeah um, look we, we did really well at the start of the second half we pushed well ahead I think we got it up to eight points of the gap so um, we should have been really home and dry at that stage we let London back into the game and in fairness to them they really came at us and, and, and made a game of it but um, look we just clung in there and I thought it showed great, thought it showed great character at the end um, just to keep them out when there was a point in it and sure look at the club man there, Rorke, he's, he's, he's some outfit and uh, finished the job for us, but tough battle. It must
12: be a huge relief to get over the line, You're the 12th you missed the third quarter, he outscored them 2-6 to 2
14: Yeah, yeah, like we, we had a great patch there, uh, a bit of a purple patch when we came out for the second half, um, I suppose there was a couple of things that we weren't doing in the first and Fairness he addressed it and got, got it sorted out and, and we're motoring well, um, the last
12: 15 minutes will need reviewing yeah. an eight point lead and to living on your nerves.
14: yeah exactly um, You know, we, we, but look I thought it, we showed good character to, to hold it out and to keep London out they probably missed a few chances as well we got a bit of luck but um, at the same time I think we put a lot of pressure on them and made it difficult for them to get that, that equaliser but definitely something we need to look at to make sure we're not letting teams back into games that easily again
12: London had proved in the league that this was always going to be a tough assignment
14: Ah yeah look that, that's a really strong London team and in fairness to them they, they, um, you know London in the league a lot of times have been quite weak and then put together a good championship performance but this year they were strong from the get go and um, in fairness they were out of football the last uh, last couple of years so um, in fairness to them they really put it together this year and, and, and put up a real battle for us there today we're just lucky enough now to, to get through in the end
12: it must have been happy to see Ryan O'Rourke's score in the last kick of the game going in
14: Ah, uh, some relief you know? like, we, were, we were living on, on, a, on our fingernails there for a long time at the end um, but uh, look the right man had the right ball at the right time and, and thankfully he, he did the business for us
12: Great lead from support over a wonderful weekend um, for the for the supporters um, to come and enjoy it, uh, and now enjoy the celebration of a victory. Oh,
14: that's brilliant. Yeah, look the way it's fallen as well on, on the Old Bank Holiday weekend. It's, it's great. Uh, it's great for people to to get out of get out of the country, I suppose, after the last couple of years, and uh, it's great to have such great support over here again. So we really needed their, their voices at the end there just to carry us through.
12: And finally, done. Uh, next up, Courier Mayo
14: ah look you, you take what you're given you know um, we'll, look, we'll prepare as best as we can for it and, and see what happens Donald thank you very much
15: here we are in London um, Angie Moran I'm just delighted to see that you're as animated on the sideline as you used to be as a player I saw when one of the Leitrim goals went in the first thing you did was just when you played for Mayo, began pointing at other players
16: yeah, ah yeah it was um, like if you look at all our goals I think Darren Maxwell for one uh, James Rooney for the other it all starts back here and I suppose as a forward we always got the credit in me so it's nice to kind of recognise when someone does something brilliant back in the back to field, that that um you, know, you recognise them and you say it to them. But what a, what an occasion! What a pitch! What a setting! And I think for two lonely Division Four teams, I think we put on a, a feast of football there for the for the supporters. It was just an amazing game
15: for sure. When I was watching it, and I really hope this doesn't come across as any way of disrespect for teams in Division Four, but the energy of that game, it was such a great ad for the Talton Cup that I hope that energy carries through and that people go to these games because it was the most entertaining hour hour and ten minutes. Of football I've seen in a long long time
16: yeah a lot of people have asked me since the end of Division 4 I said it's the weirdest division ever because you've voted for Lou finished with one point and barely, like barely, lost by more than three points in any game. Do you know they were competitive, and they drew with Tip, who got promoted. And uh, it was just, it, it's such a, it's such a competitive vision because you're playing against teams that are a similar level to you. Obviously, the fitness levels have come way up, uh, both from London and, to, uh, and Leitrim. And uh, it'd be nice to see us go now and playing Mayo and Galway and show that we've improved from last year.
15: How stressful is it on the line?
16: Yeah, um them last six minutes. So I said, How many minutes? And the, the stents, So did I. Yeah, in the sense and the chairman turns around to me and he goes six and I I I'll tell you it ticked. And luckily we got uh we had a brainwave to put Mulligan on for the last six, seven minutes and um I think he just controlled the game for us and he just got us he just got us up the pitch and got us over the line which was huge for us.
15: You're so used to obviously, when you played for Mayo, those last final minutes, you that last play, that last play you got on the ball, either popped it over or popped it to somebody else. Did you do you feel that stress on the pitch the same way you do in the line? Because I know that's what listeners will be interested in, like the difference. How does it feel in between the white lines and outside the white lines?
16: Yeah, I I wouldn't have been a stresser on the field at all. To be honest with you, um, I'd have been stressed like maybe up to the Wednesday before the game, and then I'd calm right down and I'd be I'd be nice and steady. Particularly near the end of my career, but geez, on the line it's it's uh, Joe, everything is happening. There's 15 positions you're trying to control. You're you're listening to your guys to see who should we bring on, where do we need to freshen it up, who's injured. So many things going on, but it's in. What an education! It's it's uh, it's amazing, and uh, I look I look at the guys that have been at this for 20, 30 years. And I'm looking at them thinking, how how are they still here? Do you know, and how are they still doing it? But you you'd have to admire them. I do. Just think it's uh, it's a job I'm really enjoying. But today, again, up another level. They say from league to championship is up a level. The stress, the pressure on that today is just huge, and it's uh, it's lovely just to come out with a win at the end of it.
15: Finally, one more question. There's another big event happening next weekend. Galway against Mayo and you face the winners and don't give me the party political answer now who would you rather face into?
16: Oh, I, 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 there's no party political here Um and it's simple. It's not because it's Mayo. It's because if Mayo if Mayo win, we play them in Carrick, and if uh, if Galway win, we play them in Galway. So it's uh, we want to go to Carrick. So uh,
15: it's nothing to do with vengeance for maybe last year. And we, I know you weren't. You know, it wasn't there obviously. But that was not a good day for Leitrim the last time they played Mayo.
16: No, I was standing in the stand that day, and I talked to James Clancy at the end of it. And little did we know, six months later, we'd be standing on the sideline in in, uh, in London managing Leitrim. That that wasn't the plan at the time. Ah, oh, come on now. It was like we were like, it's so unfair, and it's all this. But no, no, I you go into these counties you see when London put in a structure and they get really good management team behind them the fitness levels and the, the energy levels they can get to the players they can get playing for them and we're the same we've got 36 fellas there bursting themselves with under-21s that competed really well under-20s that competed really well with Mio during the week there's football in Leitrim um, Moira and it's just uh, we're, we're just hoping we can push it through Do you miss the football pod? Yes um, and I'm jealous that it's so good it's still so it's brilliant Like I, I listen to James and Paddy every week Paddy's just Joe, oh, Paddy's just brilliant to me, and James has been such a good addition. So, yeah, to be fair, I do miss it. I do. And I'm slightly, every now and then, I get slightly jealous of it. But it's, uh, no, it's just a brilliant show, and it's, uh, yeah, it's telling.
15: Well, look, I'm sure you can ring in whenever you want. Gravile them all, Andy. <laughs> Thank you, James.
16: Andy, Andy Moran,
0: you know you're welcome back in the football pot anytime. A brilliant win for the Leitrim footballers, and they will, of course, play the winners of Mayo and Galway in the Connacht semi final. Back to the hurling On Saturday night The Leinster round Robin Got underway Leash ran Dublin Very close in Parnell Park So let's hear from their coach Cheddar Plunkett
11: Cheddar um, not, not one for moral victories But is it one that got away? Yeah it is um, Well I,
17: I, I think I might not necessarily Have got away But it was definitely a match uh, Tomás that we You know we could have won And um, you know i said this before i said this before For the Tipperary game as well Tomás I think the lads were heroic I think they put their hearts out. Um, I couldn't ask for any more of them. But at the end of the day, we're here to win the game. And we, we could have won the game. Um, even come down the stretch, I think we had another three or four minutes on the clock. We, we might have very well won the game. Um, so, you know, massive credit to the lads. Um, look, we're just not here for that. Um, I think over the years. I think just, and I'll include myself in this as well, we're sort of either happy with moral victories or we're probably here for the one big scalp and all of that type of stuff, and we just need to move away from that, and we need to be consistent in looking at things um, in fairness we came in today with a, just a shocking injury list, and even last night we lost Deere Conway, and we had to change that around this morning um, but some credit to the players that stepped in some credit to the to, you know the really stood up and even the players that we brought in here um, and I think that's maybe the best thing to take out of this that you know we're going to be missing a lot of players I think probably Pajolini's gone now for a good few rounds and he may be gone for the whole championship now at this stage um, and you know huge resilience shown by the team by everybody, not just necessarily by the team, but by everybody. But we want to move a little bit away from the resilience and get consistency. Um, it's something that Kira has brought to us from the sports psychology area um, that it's alright being resilient, but you really need to be consistent match on match uh, to, to, to get to where we want to get to win matches like this. Um, so just to close on it, you know, a good platform to build on. Um, and look, we're playing Kilkenny and Kilkenny next week, and then we have three home games. Uh, we've just shocked a lot of injuries to first team players really when you look at you know you can just look at our forwards this evening you know Mark Cavanagh's missing he's gone for the year Ben's out for maybe three or four more games Willie Dunphy Picky um, they're all out for three or four games John Lennon's been injured for a while and we're just unfortunate with that there's no, there's no reasons for that or anything like that just unfortunate for it and uh, again, fierce credit for the lads who, you know, in terms of the pan and all of that, show a bit of strength and depth. Um, but that's just today. You know, we want to look positively now. The next week, next Sunday, and just get our get our get our performance again out of that, and the following weekend as well um, um, against Wexford, our first home game. Um, I'd like to also thank an awful to an awful amount to the Lee support that was here. We may been outnumbered three to one or four to one, but they certainly made themselves heard, um, and I think the team gave them um, a performance to be really proud of and to really. Year on and I'd like to thank them very much for the, the push that they gave the team, particularly in the second half.
11: There. Yeah, I just remarked on, on commentary chatter that least were eight one outsiders g- coming in. It's not an easy place to go. Refereeing wise, you picked up a yellow card after 22 minutes, and you know, and we're not going to go into we're not we're not going to slate referees here. But there was a couple of hometown decisions that that went against us, and they still battled and they never gave up. And bit of luck in the role and would have scored his second goal with probably the second last poke of the game. it
17: actually could have been anywhere indeed end there I suppose um, I'm not going to comment on the referees I'll leave that to the media people to, to comment on it um, but uh, you know you've got to take all of these things you get setbacks we have injury setbacks you know some things might go which is some things might not you'll fight for tooth nail and absolutely everything that's what we're here for we're representing a really Great honest team here, and it's—I'll uh, fight for everything for him. I don't care who I offend here to fight for things for them. Um, but uh, you know, it's—it's it's still the end. The, the, the bottom line really is that you know we lost a game that we could have won under very tough circumstances with injuries and all of that. Um, and we need to be able to take those things under stride and turn up now again next week, them the same performance and the following week. Um, and I think if we do that, we've got players in that dressing room with real strength of character and we need to find those type of players that that take things on the chin and just just move on, keep fighting, and have a, such an interest in Leash that they just take setbacks on the chin and stay going. Um, and I think we have them. And I'm really looking forward to next week to going back training with him again. They're a fantastic bunch of lads.
11: This final question. Obviously, it's a trip to Nolan Park next Saturday. Kenny had a huge win over Westmead. Um, in injury wise, Willie Dunphy, Stephen Mar, is there any hope of them being available? No, no hope for three or four games. I'd say, I'd say, at best, we're probably
17: looking at maybe the second last game or the last game for all of them. I'd say a Podge is probably out. Uh, Dermot is out for the championship um, you know look, that's just where we are um, but look other teams every, every team manages this um, it probably hurts us more that they're the players that they are uh, but every team manages this and this is opportunities and sometimes that's cliched people say that managers say that there's opportunities here for other players uh, but Aidan Corby made a fair statement when he came on today um, and you know I'm just using one player here there's other players as well they come on and really give a shift and made a difference when they came on and that's what we need to look for
0: Leash boss Cheddar Plunkett there speaking to Thomas Moore of Midlands 103 Last but certainly not least this week on the GA report let's hear from Henry Shefflin after his first game as an intercounty coach ended in a draw He was speaking to Galway Bay FM after Lee Chin's late free saved the day for Wexford Henry Shefflin uh, in the
11: end a draw probably disappointing end in the sense that they got a couple of frees that maybe from a Galway perspective that
18: you may have been happy with Yeah I suppose um I think it was cliche unfortunately it was a game of two halves we played very well probably in the first half and just completely went out but in the second half and Wexford were coming and we were holding them off we probably weren't playing that well in the second half but we were still holding them off I think we were still six ahead with ten minutes to go and then obviously the goal brought him really back into it and then obviously yeah uh, yeah look that's we talk about home advantage in this kind of competition the minute Connor got the free i could sense the crowd were on his back so um you know and obviously then he made his decision which i thought was probably harsh and overall, in the second half i don't know what this free count was but it definitely seemed to go against us but look wexford to be fair used our bench fairly well they definitely made an impact when they came in and the tide was turning against us so um, on the positive note, we came there on this morning. Probably wanted to win, obviously, but didn't want to lose either. So we probably ended up in the middle somewhere. But uh, from the half-time position, playing with a bit of a striped breeze in the second half, we probably didn't finish that well for ourselves. But look, that's it. It's game one of five, and um, you know the destiny's still in our hands. The first half, obviously, we could
11: have been more in front. Ten wides in the first half, a lot of them early on in the game, and you were six up at half-time could probably have
18: been more. Yeah, and we looked threatening. I thought in the first first half, very much, in the, and Brian and, and Connor were looked very dangerous inside. So, um, and I thought we played played better hurling. Obviously, we said at half-time we wanted that to continue, but uh, for some reason that just didn't transpire. So, um, and still, look, we we probably could have won the game, and those couple of late frees, obviously. Uh, costs us dearly, you know. Connor Whelan's injury, uh, Henry, how's, what's the update there? Yeah, unfortunately, he's uh, picked up a slight uh, hamstring strain, so we're not quite sure. So it'll be, it'll be a couple of days and we'll assess it. But uh, unfortunately, look at someone like Roland Glennon you know, gets an injury last week, something with a hamstring, it just has a big impact in the Championship. So, but look, that's what, that's what the panel is for, and uh, we'll see where we go. Do you feel this is
1: a game of missed opportunity, one that was left behind?
18: Um, I'm sure Wexford think the opposite but for me, yes it is because <laughs> the match was in our grasp it was 72 minutes in we were two points up um, so absolutely and are we disappointed in the dressing room? Yes, and it should hurt and that's, that's the way we feel in the dressing room uh, but look, as I said we pick it up we uh, re- reassess and uh, we go for next week for Westmeat and that's the way this championship match is and uh, this campaign is this is, the, uh, this is the beauty for everyone else of the round robin and we still have three games at home, so um, and that's where we need to start strong next weekend and, and try and get a win up in Salt Hill.
1: Six points up at half time, the whites telly, was that something you discussed in the dressing room at halftime? Was it was it a worry for you?
18: It wasn't because I thought in general play we were performing fairly well and you'd be hoping that, look, it was the first championship day out. Obviously, there was definitely three or four in the first few minutes where we didn't score and Wex went up and got a point straight away. Um, and you're hoping it's just a bit of, I suppose, nerves and, and that things would settle and that you would kind of grow into it in the second half. Uh, but that wasn't uh, the way it t- transpired.
1: You have very little time now to the next game, and I'm sure you, we have a, possibly a couple of injury
18: worries tonight. Yeah, but every every team is the same. That's that's that, that is the one good thing, and people are going to pick up injuries as they go. So, um, but look, the one thing about it, it's up in Salt Hill, and uh, you know we want to make that a bit of a fortress for ourselves, and you know, we just have to get the bodies right, recover right, and to look forward. And for a player's point of view, it wasn't great that. You're facing another game very quickly. You know, you're going to be disappointed today going home, um, but you, you face facing a game very quickly next weekend, and you focus your mind on that. And the second half, how would you sum that up? I thought Wexford played a lot better. Obviously, their bench come on and came on, and we we, we knew they were going to have an impact, and that's what, what happened. And obviously, Conor McDonald was causing some troubles inside. So, and the goal gave him a big lift, you know. Uh, up to that point, I think we were probably tacking on, and uh, we probably had an opportunity ourselves. Joe Cooney went through. Probably should have thrown the ball off, and if he would have done that, uh, you know, who knows? We, we might have got the goal the other side. But definitely, Wexford played a lot better. I'm sure they were disappointed their first half performance, and it flipped for us in the second half.
3: We Amen. baffled that the linesman was trying to
4: go back to free the last three, and the referee wasn't uh, taking up the
18: communication. That's the linesman was trying to indicate that the free should be in further back. I, I didn't actually see that now, and I, I did sense the crowd was straight on Connor's back the minute it was. The minute he's went over the free, so it probably was a thing. I, I don't know and all going timing and stuff like that but he, he, he was sensing it and uh, I think when Conor picked up the grass and stuff like that probably was the final nail for him. And you mentioned
11: obviously the home games Henry Wies, with, with the Wexford crowd here obviously getting behind their team near the end three games in Pierce Stadium now crucial from a Galway perspective.
18: Yeah and there was a good crowd there from yeah. Galway today and it's a long way to travel um, so it was, uh, it was brilliant to see that but no it is and I said that is this championship you know it was the, um, you know, there was a lot of draws and it was the last run off in 2019 so it's a very big game for us and uh, we need to perform and, and perform and, and, and try and learn from, from today's uh, lessons I suppose that we didn't do well in the second half and maybe some of the execution in the first half as well.
11: And there's a lot of obviously newer guys out today as well Keenan Fahim his first start um, at senior level for Galway, Evan Nyland obviously starting for the first time as well, Gavin Lee came in, Jack Hastings came in so a lot of new guys starting out in a, in a series championship battle.
18: Yeah like there's been a big transition I think from last year's 20 that we used against Waterford, there's nine of those players unavailable at the moment so has been a big transition, but you look at someone like Tom Mon and Jack Grealish and, and the other players you've named, who since came in for trials and the performance. This is a great benefit for them as well. So, so no, one look, it is a panel. The last few weeks have been good in the sense of, of trying players, and uh, you know, I suppose we'll we'll see what, what 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 next week holds with injuries and the form of lads, and and we'll look for. Forward to how far is Jason Flyn away now from being back in the match Day squad? Uh, Jason's still a bit away yet, unfortunately had a little small setback about a couple of weeks ago so Pushing back by another week or two, so that that's he's just a work in progress, unfortunately. Is Roland going on
2: for the year, then Henry? Sure.
18: Well, it all depends on how we perform in the defensive championship, truthfully. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be tight for Roland. So um, that's you know six matches, five weeks. So bad uh, hamstring injury is obviously six or eight, eight weeks. So so again, he's going to be uh, stretched to see the latter stages of it.
7: You would have been happy with the defensive performance overall. I've a lot of the lads were excellent down the down the home stretch. Horik many caught a ball. Darren Morris to and I think thought one as well. That was wasn't an aspect that
18: you, were, you would have been unhappy with I'd say uh, no, I know thought, and I thought the tackling was very good and they were very aggressive and I said I, I, I thought they worked very hard and probably worked so hard come the end they were probably blowing a little bit and that, that's good too so um, and I just thought we were punished a little bit too much and some of the freeze and stuff like that and that just hurt us and we couldn't get a little bit of flow we used to come back and get one point here but as I said Up to the goal, we were probably still comfortable enough and the goal just kind of turned the tide a little bit and obviously then uh, home supporters got really behind Wexford.
0: Henry Shefflin there with Galway Bay FM after Galway drew 119-119 to with Wexford. This is the G.A. Report. We hope you've enjoyed it and we hope that you'll join us again next Sunday in the OTB G.A. podcast feed. We'll get the podcast up on Sunday night every week and we'll post it here. Just hit subscribe. This is where you'll also find G.A. Late Night. This is our brand new G.A. phone-in show, which goes live on Twitter Spaces every Sunday evening and we'll podcast it afterwards too, so you're going to get it here. Also this week, you're going to get the Hurling Pod with Paul Murphy and James Skell and Willow on Monday and I'll be back on Tuesday morning at 6am with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue on the Football Pod. You're going to get G.A. and Off The Ball in the evenings with Joe Malloy and Geron Owen are going to be back on Tuesday morning on OTB AM. Just hit subscribe here in the OTB G.A. feed and we'll chat to you soon.